0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Simply Finance with Shane White. Before we jump in today, I want to quickly introduce my guest today. This is his second time on the podcast, uh, Marcus Philly. He is a uh, retired, at this point, CrossFit Games athlete. He um, started his own company called Revival Strength, which is The business that he focuses on most of his time today, it's a physical location as well as online training and uh, really a different type of functional training that he coined called functional bodybuilding that, you know, he'll get into in the episode today and we kind of dive into the business of it. But really what it is, is it takes the benefits of functional fitness, uh, you know, CrossFit really, and combines it with bodybuilding to kind of bridge the gap between the two types of training modalities. So uh, Marcus, you know, he's a very talented person, uh, someone who I've actually come to uh, really enjoy talking to, learning a lot from. He's done, he's actually started a lot more in business than I knew before this episode. And so we dive all into that, um, you know, after CrossFit he was really involved in a lot of different types of businesses. So it was fun to get down uh, and talk to him for the second time on the podcast and really get deeper into uh, the business side of things in this episode. And before we jump in, I want to remind you of our lead sponsor, Routine. Uh, Routine has a proprietary product that I use every day. I love it. It's called Morning Routine. It's a single-serve tear pack. Uh, that you dump into 20 ounces of water, shake up, and you're ready to drink it. Each packet contains half an organic lemon, one one tablespoon of apple cider vinegar, Himalayan sea salt, all six essential electrolytes, and most importantly, no sugar. Um, If you want to check them out, you can go to yourroutine.com. And because of them sponsoring this podcast, you can use code Shane white 30 at checkout for 30% off your first order. Um, this product is a lot different than a lot of the other products out there on the market. To be honest, I've tried a ton of different hydration products. Um, I know Jake, one of the founders of routine and honestly, you know, one of the things they say is trusted ingredients made convenient. Um, you know, making this sort of concoction with, you know, cutting up a lemon getting apple cider vinegar, and honestly, the liquid tastes disgusting, Um, getting sea salt and dumping it in. Um, It's a lot of work first thing in the morning. So being being able to have these single serve packets, just dump them into my water and start my day always helps me hydrate, kickstart my metabolism first thing in the morning. I love it. So Truly do love their products, and I hope you guys check them out. Again, it's yourroutine.com. I'll add this to the show notes, so if you want to just click it and check it out, you can do that as well. And use code SHANEWHITE30 at checkout for 30% off your first order. All right, everybody, without further ado, Marcus Philly. Well, awesome, man. Well, thanks for coming back on. I really appreciate it. I was thinking when we talked the first time I I was looking back through my notes, I realized we talked about like CrossFit and your story, but we really didn't get into much of like your businesses that you you're a part of. So I was like, it will be fun to have you back on and really dive deeper into that so everyone can learn more about what you're doing. And, and I think there's a whole different side of just like a lot of, uh, folks that are in the CrossFit world, like how they're turning things into businesses post competing, I think is really mm-hmm. interesting. And you're, and there's a lot of news this week, obviously that came out that I think maybe you've seen, but uh, yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking for today, kind of down that, that Avenue, if that sounds good. Yeah.
1: It, I definitely pay a lot of attention to it. And I, I, um, I'm certainly not the first one to kind of go down that, that route, but um, earlier on, I'm, I mean, I I left the sport almost five years ago now.
0: So Isn't that crazy, it's,
1: yeah, yeah, it's really crazy. Um, and so, yeah, I've just been just trying to <laughs> make a make a business for. My, I mean, I've I've been involved in businesses ever since I started competing, which was in 2010. I mean, I owned I, I owned gyms, and then I started doing remote coaching early on. So I was kind of doing different things, but you know, once once CrossFit as a sport and as an athlete was sort of not there that it was like, Oh, I, it was a distraction in many ways. Yeah. I didn't realize it at the time, but then it was like, once it was gone, I was like, Oh, I got to really focus on, you know, making this business part of it work. Right.
0: Do, do yeah. you mind giving everyone maybe a little background into like, when you say business part, I know, I know a lot of it, but obviously revival strength um, is the, is the, I would, what I would think is the main component, but would you mind giving mm-hmm. everyone just kind of a, a download of like what you're the businesses around what you're doing online, what those are called and what they are.
1: Yes. Um, well, I mean, I guess to start, it's like, what, how did I define myself when I first started this was as a fitness professional, I was going to be, and I don't know, maybe that, okay. I could just say I'm a coach or a trainer. I don't know. I don't mean to like use some fancy terminology to make what I do sound more you know, different than it actually is, but, but,
0: but you um, went to actual, we talked about this last time you went to school for that too, right? I went to school. I went to medical school. So I was going to be, I was going to go traditional medicine. Medicine,
1: And then that, that, uh, that didn't pan out the way I anticipated it. And I wanted to get into health and fitness. Um, and I really just wanted to coach people. And so that's what I started to do. But, I say that that's how I define myself when I first started out because I didn't start out with like the CrossFit sport thing. I didn't like, I wasn't like athlete from one sport, transition to CrossFit, try and make a name for, you know, try and make a, make it as a, as a CrossFitter. Um, That was secondary. So, but it, and, and welcomed detour for sure. It was personally fulfilling and professionally it was a very, you know, in hindsight, a good move for yeah. me, I suppose. Um, but yeah, I, I, so I, I was a gym owner. So that was a business was like run a
0: successful micro gym. Then there was, and what does that mean for people who, I mean, even where I think we told you this last time where I grew up um, like an LA fitness or like Bally's was like the only like real gyms in town. Mm-hmm. So at that time, what was a micro what was a micro gym like?
1: I mean, a micro gym is like, was sort of the CrossFit gym, like a boutique gym where you probably had less than 150 people, maybe 200 people. Um, you're selling memberships at a higher, you know, at a premium because, you know, that uh, uh, ba- or LA fitness, they're going to make, uh, tr- uh, you know, the vast majority of their revenue on you know lower price point memberships and then bank on the fact that most people aren't gonna come right yeah. so you're gonna, you're not right. you're gonna get a low use per person versus a micro gym where it's like hey you got 150 people they're paying 300 bucks or 200 bucks a month if they stop using it they're gonna cancel right sure oh, yeah. versus the person who's paying 999 a month they'll keep that membership forever because they don't want to lose that rate it doesn't matter if they haven't gone for a year it's like oh whatever it's you know 10 bucks a month i'm going to keep the membership in case because i'm going to start up someday right
0: yeah right it's it's a it's a bit of a different
1: model and then you know in the micro gym you're 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 just a lot more it's a lot more there's a lot more transparency almost because like the owner was it oftentimes one of the head coaches was oftentimes a person that was actually p- directly connected to the members. So, you know, it wasn't like you've got like a sales team and then you've got like the executive team and you've got the, the, uh, you know, the accounting firm and yeah. no, it was like, I'm the <clears throat> guy and I do it all. And you're just getting to meet me. And, um, so that, that was kind of the micro gym mentality. And, and so it you had to run a
0: business and train people. You do yeah, all of it, which yeah.
1: which was so problematic because so many people just didn't know what they were doing running businesses. They just
0: they were good coaches or
1: good trainers or passionate fitness professionals that lacked all of the knowledge to do the other stuff. Sure. And that's why a lot of micro gyms fail. And that's why now you know, ten to fifteen years later, people are like getting wise to the fact that like, oh, you. <laughs> you can't just be a good coach and go start a business. Like you have to, they're like two different to things. Know. Totally. Yeah. <clears throat> um, so that was like the first thing. And then with in sort of the mid 2010s, like around 2014, 15 uh, because, because social media was growing, but also like just online brand presence was a little bit more easy to establish and I had established a bit of it as a as a CrossFit athlete but also as a CrossFit coach or a, a fitness coach okay there was I was getting inquiries to like be someone's coach like hey would you coach me I'm from Australia oh, and this wow. was sort of just starting like I had been getting remote coached remotely by a professional out of Arizona for the first for several years in my CrossFit career. Oh, you so personally I knew had that a remote I had a, I had a coach. Yeah. yeah. So I knew that the model was there, but it was not, it was not a, a big thing. Right. Especially in the CrossFit community, people were still going to gyms, right. They were maybe following an online training blog, but they were definitely just hanging out at gyms and getting coached in person. So I started to coach people remotely so over the course of like 2013, 14, 15, I developed a remote coaching business without really knowing I was doing it.
0: And early 40 on, clients like to for someone who doesn't know anything about that world. I mean, are you like, are you just like emailing someone yeah. back and forth and like getting a Venmo or something? I mean, back then I don't even know if Venmo yeah, was very popular. Like, how were you? Even yeah, no, paid? it was
1: it was like writing emails, sending spreadsheets with workouts, um. Having them email back results. Oh you know, wow. And PayPal.
0: Yeah. That was okay. It. PayPal. Yeah. Duh.
1: Okay. Got it. And then and,
0: and at that uh, time early and on. And some like- of
1: them, and some of them, what what I had done was like similar to what I was doing for my coach was I set up a training blog. So a blog where yeah. I, like a WordPress blog where I would upload training videos and like sort of it was like my training journal online so that coach could look at it. So some of my clients were doing the same thing, right? You just see, you just start to think about how inefficient this whole thing is. It's like I'm sending emails, I've got spreadsheets in Google, I got a blog that I have to go check over here. Then I'm doing PayPal over here, right? It was just ripe for somebody to come in from the tech side and just like, you know, centralize everything, which is the which was the birth of a company called True Coach, which is now a very very successful software company that sold like this last year for bunch of money to a bigger company blah 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 but it was like we were doing this in 2014 we had the problem that they came and solved
0: yeah well i can only imagine right i mean you're trying to train you're trying to run a gym and then you're you probably have emails coming in all hours of the day trying to figure out ways oh yeah i worked i worked
1: (laughs) seven days a week you know i mean this was like when me and my my now wife were like early on in our dating life and i remember sundays you know i would just be programming yeah workouts and sending emails and you know We were just like, we didn't have a Sunday. We weren't doing stuff on a Sunday. Yeah. That was
0: brutal. And early on, since you had some sort of a following, I mean, did that become pretty lucrative? Like, could you see the light at the, down the tunnel that like, that could be a career in itself? Yeah. I mean, it was all,
1: it was actually pretty, um, I I didn't, well, I saw my coach was making it a career for himself and, Mm -hmm. and for some of the people that worked with him. So I saw a model of it. But I was still that I was still running the gym, so sure. I was like, I was putting in hours at the gym, so I was getting paid hourly for coaching classes. Like I, I paid myself. I had business partners, so we, you know, we came up with a something that made sense where it's like we're we're getting compensated for our time on the floor, sure, right? Okay. And then I was making some business uh, some profits off of the gym because the gym was profitable, and okay. so we were doing like a owner draw every month, right? And then. And then on top of that, I had this like extra income from remote clients that was coming in. Right. So I was like, oh, I have these like three income streams. Like this is, this is great. Like right. it was all kind of a bonus and I, I was earning beyond my needs. So I was like, oh, this is fine. Like I'm just saving money and I can still train, you know, I can still train a considerable amount for CrossFit and I wasn't getting any money really from CrossFit competition.
0: Well, that's what um, I was, yeah, that was the next question. There was some prize money, like, yeah
1: if I would do well at regionals, okay, but it was, it was mar- very small. It wasn't like, something
0: you could like plan no. your year round.
1: No, 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 no. Yeah. And there was no sponsorship money that I was getting. I was getting sponsorship. Uh, I was getting gear from okay. sponsorship. Oh, and I also had a supplement brand that I was running. That was, a, it
0: was funny. I got so many questions after our first episode about that. They're like, is he still doing that? Like, I, I, Oh yeah. 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 So, so that was you? like,
1: that was happening in like 2000, 2000- 13, 2014, I had this small supplement company called revive RX. Yeah. Um, which predated revival strength. So revive RX was the, the original brand that had that revive kind of naming,
0: uh, to it. You said 2013, 14.
1: Yeah. And so I I sold some, I was selling some, I was selling some supplements, you know, like very small. I was doing it personally out of the gym. I was selling it like personally out of the gym. So I, I don't know, maybe I'd sell like $2,000 $2,000 worth of, or $1,500 worth of product a month to members. And you know, there's a markup on it. So I'm making maybe a thousand bucks or something like that. And yeah, which was sweet. I was like, great. Oh, yeah. And then, then I found a couple of gyms that wanted to like buy for their gym at like locally. And so that grew a little bit, but it was not going to scale. Okay. And, and then my brother and my cousin were like, Hey, we want to come in and we're going to take this and we're going grow it and that was when I they they kind of came in and sort of took over the supplement brand and helped to rebrand it uh you know and 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 help get us more exposure and that's when we tried to make that like a an actual business to go got Um, it okay
0: and what year was that because I you know it's funny I I was in 2013 2014 I would have been like my last two years of college and for some reason I remember I remember that brand and I don't know if I actually am thinking I saw it somewhere or if or if the name just rings a bell, but I definitely yeah. remember that.
1: Well, it, um, they, yeah, they, they kind of came in in 2015 and okay. then we, we, I remember 2015 was the year that we, we actually had like a booth at the CrossFit games. um, And we had, we had done rebranding, new packaging, a new look, um, new, new sourcing of, of product ingredients. We had worked with a great Co-Packer to upgrade our formulas. And that was the year we tried to like, or we really, you know, kind of hit hit the CrossFit scene with sort of a new look. Um, so that was four businesses. It was a gym, it was hourly personal training I was doing, it was remote coaching, and then it was the supplement. And then in 2016, I sold my shares of the the gym. To okay. my partners, they bought me out. Um, so I, I left. I left the gym, and I was now going to focus solely on remote coaching. I was also going to focus solely on some personal training, so one to one individuals that I in my local area, and then the supplement brand was still there, and so that was it. Um, and I had like a ten-month non-compete clause in the buyout agreement so i had 10 months before i could reopen a new gym okay i just trained individuals either out of their homes or in like a in basically the warehouse for revive rx the warehouse for revive rx was my
0: personal training space yeah Yeah, i had like
1: this and this is 2016 (laughs) a lot of people remember seeing it like i had this gym that had like all these like Costco racks, you know, like style, like, you know, pallet racks on the side with supplements on it. They're like, what's in the boxes. I was like, that's my supplement company. And I was training for the games in that, in that.
0: Oh, were you really? Yeah.
1: Yeah. The 2016 games. And um, I had a couple clients that I was able to train for personal training in there. Okay. But outside of that, I couldn't like, I couldn't open the doors and be like, Hey, I'm an open gym. You can come. And you know, that was against my, my agreements
0: um so and at that point were you were you just wanting to open your own gym is that kind of like what you saw as like the next phase in your career is like you want to open your own place and completely own it type of thing
1: yeah so it's interesting yeah like I leave this gym I'm a very at that point like I had just spent four years building this this gym and, and you know the clients appreciated me they liked me I was a sought after coach, you know, I didn't, it, I don't want to get into like why I left. Sure. The, yeah, yeah. There was some drama around it a little bit, you know, it wasn't like this perfect scenario. Right. So when I left, I think there were a lot of people that wanted to follow me. And so I didn't have a place for them to follow me too.
0: Ah, okay.
1: And I, and, but it was, it was, it was the type of business that I knew And I was like, okay, I got to get back to that because that's, that's what I know. And that's how I can, you know, get back to being a successful entrepreneur is if I reopen a gym and I'll do it this way and I'll improve upon it this way. And I'll get that core group of people back. And so I kind of had that in my mind, like I need to, to find my way back to that. I have 10 months to figure it out. Um, It didn't really occur to me to be like, you know what, screw the gym model. I'm just going completely virtual. Like that wasn't there, okay. You know, and probably for a couple of few years, it it didn't really ever make sense to me to abandon the 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 actual brick and mortar um, model of business.
0: And is that because like was the most of the online coaching just kind of organic, like people reaching out to you, or were you kind of yeah. like advertising, and or maybe didn't want yeah, to? Yeah, it was, advertising it, was that? it
1: was all organic. It was all like. Oh, I've got some clients. Great. I got some clients. Great. You know, and it, and that was just for my own personal business. And then in 2017, this organic growth of virtual coaching was actually started to, it proved to start to be scalable. I was like, I can't take on any more clients. Oh, wow. Yeah. I was like, I'm getting too many people interested. Uh, And I had this, I had a coach that had worked with me for years at the gym. And once I left, she felt compelled to leave with me or sort of leave that gym. And she was more aligned to what I was doing. And I started to feed her business. Oh, okay. So, okay, here's, here's some remote clients, you know? Yeah. And you know, they, I would, I would bill them and pay her and you know, she became my
0: first coach. Oh, okay. Oh, that's really how you got your first coach. That's cool.
1: Yeah. Um. And so then, and again, that was still not from like advertising, marketing. Like there was no strategy there; it was just happening organically through social media.
0: And, and back then, then, when you were doing like online coaching and in the gym, this is where I was curious too: is were you were you uh, programming like CrossFit type movements, or you still were you doing like other like what types of workouts were you selling and, and programming?
1: Yeah, most of the most of the online clients were all. Almost entirely, yeah, without exception. They all were coming to me because they were competitive CrossFit people.
0: Got it. Okay. So
1: I was programming competitive CrossFit stuff for them. You know, I wasn't getting somebody who didn't have a background in, you know, functional fitness. They were like, hey, I've been doing CrossFit for a couple of years. I want to compete in this. Can you give me the competitors training program? And that made sense because that's what I was doing.
0: Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Was there any, was there any like rub there? Just like you're competing on a world stage. Did you ever have any issues? Just like, you know, like giving out your competition, like your training plan type of thing, or did um, you really think that way?
1: I never really thought that way. I mean, I think, you know what, to be, if, if I'm like really honest, I think that I knew I was elite in the sport and that I never got, I never got clients that I just saw as, having more potential than I had in the sport. So I kind of always use myself as this like benchmark and then worked backwards with my clients. Um, So that like for anybody that came to work with me, like I, if I would.
0: Like it would have been strange if one of your like top competitors came to you and was like, Hey, I want to buy. Well, you know, and down the road, I got
1: people, I started to get people that were of my, you know, a similar caliber in terms of potential and, or at least success that they'd already had in the sport that wanted me to coach them. And that was something that while I was competing, I didn't feel like I could do. Okay. And then afterwards, once I stopped competing, I was like, okay, I could do this. But shortly thereafter, my, my interest started to go elsewhere in terms of like what my ideal client looked like. And I think that the reason was because once I was not in the like heart of competing, I didn't care to coach competitors anymore. I oh. wanted to coach people that were experiencing what I was experiencing, which was which what we talked about last time, which was like this massive burnout from doing it for so long.
0: Yeah. you know, yeah.
1: And wanting to find, well, what's a more sustainable way to do this type of training for a long time? Because I still like it. I just don't want to do it at like the competitive level anymore. And um, so yeah, 2017 started to get sort of an overflow of clients that I started to pass off to other coaches in my, you know, circle. So that one coach grew to two coaches, grew to three, grew to four. We have six coaches now. So that, that continued to grow. Wow. And then it, it was, it became more than something just organic. Like we started to have like better systems for, you know, getting leads in and uh, qualifying them and turning them into, you know, revival strength clients. Right. And so revival strength became this name. I, I I needed to name this new coaching business because I was no longer at the CrossFit gym anymore. I was, and I wasn't just Marcus Philly coaching.
0: Yeah. 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 You Something had like big this whole other thing. That. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It was like, okay, now it's, what's the name? What do I want to call this coaching business and revive RX was a name that I put a lot of like, there was a lot of energy and thought that had gone into it. And I was like, okay, we'll call this Revival Strength. Um, I like the name. and though. love the name. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. Well, it was, you know, what I realized at the time was like, you put a lot of energy and thought into like all the nuances of the name and how you want it to look. And, you know, after time goes by, people just, it they're not thinking about the significance of the name. They're just, it's just a name, you know, yeah. it's like, yeah, you could yeah. have chosen anything. I know. It's not uh, as long as it's you do the idea is like, over don't it. make it offensive. And, uh, you know, just try and just try and be as like neutral as possible. Although revival, yeah, right. I think has its own kind of connotations for people, but
0: not, what is it, know, what is it really it. like? Well, what was like the the heart of what it meant for you? Yeah. And, like, I think
1: the heart of what it meant was like, um, we're trying to like get back to our fundamentals. Is like, you know, human physical creatures like we're trying to revive a whole way of being yeah uh, connected to our bodies you know revive okay. um and i think there's still some truth to that you know yeah but, right uh, but you know as we talked about last time like the thing that's now more brand presence is functional bodybuilding that's the right. methods that we use
0: yeah so you guys really in my opinion coin that i mean it's yeah. been used a little and, bit here and there, but like sure. I mean, yeah, everyone yeah. I talk to, we think of what you guys are doing,
1: and that was that was 2017. Yeah. So that brings us to the next business thing that happened, which was okay. I started this coaching business. I'm doing personal coaching myself. Plus, I've got some coaches that are helping me, and we're going to do that virtually. We're gonna eventually do it in person when I'm able to open up the brick and mortar again we're gonna we're gonna build a model on this personal coaching,
0: okay, yeah,
1: so that's kind of two business lines revive r x the supplement's still happening yeah, okay, okay um although it's not mine anymore, solely it's you know partners i got my my family involved in it, and then along comes this um woman named Satya into my life who's local she's um kind of a she's she's gaining a lot of interest in fitness she's going to one of the local crossfit gyms and she's like a marketer tech uh person by trade uh email marketing and was part of like the dot-com boom and did some early you know was early in the uh web development um, trade, and she's worked with clients to help them sell online courses, mostly like yoga type uh, fitness b- b- businesses. Okay, but she's into the, she's into strength conditioning, into CrossFit. She sees that I'm local. She's like, hey. Pitched pitched me an idea like, "Hey, let's build an online training program," and I was kind of like, "Well, man, that's not really. I'm not really. It's not really my thing. Like, I'm yeah. doing personal coaching." Yeah. And she's like, "Well, you know," and she was persistent. She's like, and, "Well, let me she, help you." She, this was like- she
0: saying like for just broad, like you'd sell like just a broad program and people? Yeah. Buy-
1: or yeah. I don't think she was just trying to land me as a client, and she was like, "I'll figure out some way to work together." But that was kind Got of it. like the the idea. Right. And there were other co- There were other. Excuse me. There were other games. Athletes that were selling their programming mm-hmm. for like groups. You know, it was like what I think. What is Rich doing? Yeah, was a training, you know, program at the time. I think Ben Smith and and maybe even Dan Bailey sold theirs. That sounds right. And I yeah. kind of was like, I, I thought that's kind of what she was angling. I was like, that's not my thing. You know, like I, I'm not. I'm not really into that. Yeah, you know? but. I was, you know, the, the, the organic stuff that was happening on social media was like, like I had said, like I had more people asking for what I was doing than I could service. So I was handing them off to coaches. And a lot of people were just like, what are the things you're doing on social media? You're like, you're, you're showing these videos. Like I want to try some of that training.
0: Sure. Yeah. Cause it's, it's, because, it does it's like different and it definitely like catches your eye. You stop and watch like, what's this movement Marcus is doing? Sure. Yeah. Well,
1: and, and, yeah, maybe still to this day that's true. And in 2017, for the audience that I had, who was mm-hmm. used to seeing muscle ups and snatches and metcons, that was it was very different. It was yeah. like, whoa! And it wasn't clickbait. I wasn't just trying to get people to stop. I was like, I'm like, this is what I do every day.
0: And, and, and people were like, if I like pause too, like, how did you how did you go from zero to one? Because like I think that's one thing I've had a lot of questions on since our last episode was like. He was competing in CrossFit. How did he all of a sudden switch and like come up with these different modalities and movements and different things to really get to this like functional bodybuilding type sure. of programming? Was yeah, it like- well
1: it, it it was it was not like it wasn't like I went from I'm doing this to like let me just explore something new. It was more of a revival of what I used to do. It okay. was a ret- it was a return to something that I had stepped away from. So I had this strength and conditioning background before CrossFit that involved me doing programs from a really wide variety of different types of coaches out there. Some of them were like some of the names I followed were Charles Pollocken, Paul Check, and then you know a variety of different coaches that were publishing material on Tnation.com. Okay. Plus I had collegiate strength and conditioning, uh, experience. And so if the combination of all those different methods was what built my foundation before I started CrossFit. Got it. CrossFit. I got into it. I was, I was pretty good to just start with because I had a big training base from all those other, you know, methods that I had done for years. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Was good at CrossFit, but CrossFit essentially just, made me like, I I got narrowly focused on that for years with the intent of improving maximal performance within the sport. Yeah. Right. And I used some of the methods from my, my, my history to to help me with that, but really became, there's a, there's best practices to train for CrossFit sport. And that's what I did exclusively. And I always felt inside of me at certainly at the peak of competition seasons and certainly the time period after competition seasons, I always felt like, man, this is brutally hard. And when I was feeling at my lowest, like aches and pains and burnout, I would always feel like I got to get back to some of that old way of training, slowing things down, bodybuilding, more, a a bit more of a balanced approach to training. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And so I was like, it just was there in my psyche to know like, this is something I need to return to. And so when, when the time came, I also had a coach that was working with me at the time. And he, I mean, we, we both very much understood like the path to health and balance is not through competitive sport training. It's through doing other types of training that give the body the inputs and the adaptation, you know, stimulus it needs to feel good. Okay. So that's what we got back to. And I have to say that that period of time in early 2017 was one of the most exploratory and innovative times of my life where I was just learning things in a way that was just like this accelerated curve. I was like, oh, this is what it feels like to reincorporate things that I used to do in the past with the knowledge I have and the base of fitness that I've built through CrossFit. Holy smokes, this is it's like it's groundbreaking. Okay. And it was in in, in that... That got people excited, that yeah. Were watching, right? And so Satya coming back to her, she pitches me, and I I essentially pushed back a lot, um, but realized that she had a skill set that I needed, which was web development. Okay, I needed a website for my new company. Yeah, and she that was sounds- like, "I'll help you build that website, and we'll work on a project together in the meantime," and. Oh yeah. By the way, Marcus, I need to set up an email list for you. Cause you don't have an email list. I was like, okay, fine. You know, whatever, whatever, whatever email list thing. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. And so she helps me nurture this email list that grows to, you know, a few thousand people fairly quickly.
0: Wow. That's awesome. And
1: yeah, it was super, I was like, oh, that's cool. Like people are reading these emails. Yeah. And you know, then I had a website that was revivalstrength.com. Cool. I had a coaching page. It had a place for people to say, Hey, I want coaching. Great. I had a place to put the bios of my two coaches. Great. So this is, this is working out great. And then, and then she starts to do this, you know, she, we start to go through this process of she's like, kind of say like, well, what, what is important about these training methods to you? Like, what, what would you want this training program if we made one to stand for how would it be different what do you want like and so we kind of do this visioning uh this vision board of like what could a training program look like that represents what you're about Marcus um and in the process of of creating that we write you know weekly editorials or every other week we write an editorial that captures some of this we send it to the email list which sort of Kind of, she's, you know, she's doing her marketing thing and I don't even realize what she's doing.
0: Okay. Yeah. And
1: then, and then, uh, and then she's like, and then I start to write this program that I decide it's going to be a 12 week standalone, one time program that captures the essence of what I'm doing. Okay. For the masses. If people love it and they finish 12 weeks, great sign up for personal coaching with us, but here it is. And she's like, okay, well, we're going to launch it. We're going to have a seven day registration period. People are going to, they can buy it. And then we close registration. Then we just over deliver and give them a great service for 12 weeks. I was like, cool. That sounds reasonable to me. Like but I'm not, i that, pretend- at that time, I'm not, not to oh, get
0: yeah. you off, but at that time was that, was that kind of like, I, I, cause I, even to this day, don't really know, I can't think of another one. That's really like that. I feel like you kind of, you guys, yeah, it was different. It was, t- different. it was different. It was very different.
1: It was not the comp, the, the t- typical approach. The typical approach was here's my programming sign up and you, I'll just give you access to it. Sure. And it's just like kind of rolling out ongoing, ongoing. Right. Right. And so we were like, she was like, no, we're going to do this launch. You, you, people are going to have a, you know, restricted window to actually purchase it. And we're gonna go from there. Okay, and I was like, okay, and and that felt good to me because I was like, look, I'm, I, I want this to be a, a way to showcase what we can do, mm-hmm. but I don't want it to be like the end all be all.
0: Okay, and, and were so these we people called, at I, this time like, was there some crossover from your personal training, like o- online coaching, uh, personal training, or these like where no, did the emails yeah, the, come the from? The
1: person, the personal coaching side was those people were pretty set, you know, Yeah, this was sort of like to reach kind of a different audience or for people that couldn't afford personal coaching or weren't ready to go that route. Got And,
0: it. um, so you use like social media to kind of like get some emails and, and, and kind of promote it that way.
1: Exactly. Got yeah. it. So oh, the smart. email list okay. was growing. Then it was like, we, you know, I just like posted a couple, um, during that week I posted on Instagram, like, Hey, I've got this new training program. You've got 72 hours left to register, jump onto my link in the bio, you know, that was it. It it. Okay.
0: Okay. No paid
1: ads, no, nothing like that. Sure. Um, And yeah, so that was April of 2017 right after the CrossFit open had wrapped up. Okay. And um, I think like in that first launch, I think, I forget the the numbers and how it shook out during the week, but by the end of the week, we had 300 people sign up. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah.
0: I mean, so I I'm like, sure, right. I'm, I'm, I've never done that, but I can imagine that was probably, that seemed like a lot.
1: It was crazy. Right. Because uh, it was uh, 199 bucks. Yeah. Okay. To, to enroll. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. So like, I was like, Whoa, like this is, and I didn't it, mind you. I didn't look at that and be like, Oh, I've got a new business. I was like, Whoa. What a lucky thing we just did. Yeah. Great. Let's take this as seed money and let's keep bolstering up this other business and we're going to open up the gym in a couple months and this is going to be awesome.
0: Yeah. Right.
1: So, um anyhow, that was the that was the the beginning of what became, you know, functional bodybuilding online training programs which now to today looks very different but, you know, four or five years of doing this, um, yeah. we have that has been if if I look back and it's like, okay, where'd all the revenue come from for the whole business revival strength, you know, the online training programs has definitely been the, the big majority of it for okay. sure. And and, so, and, 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 and that started as like, I'm not interested. Like I was going to say I got yeah. pitched and I'm like, nah, no thanks. You know, like, but it turns out that that was actually pretty pretty, uh, you know, an important thing for us.
0: Right. And can you explain to everyone too, just like, so how does it work today? So that that's how it was when you first tried it. How does mm-hmm. re, how does your programming work today that you sell?
1: Yeah, well, for for two and a half, almost three years, that's how it worked.
0: Okay. And how did it change each twelve week period? Was it like you just are yeah. totally evolving the like what, what was justifying someone paying it multiple like sure, quarters yeah. in a so row? So we
1: had we had a it was called awakened training series. Okay. Because it was you were going to awaken to a new way of training. Yeah. All right. This Love is it. before the, the woke movement had really like grabbed hold of, you know, culture. Sure, okay. So I was using awaken and woke in my own fitness context, unbeknownst to me, this was becoming
0: like, you were ha- ahead of your time.
1: <laughs> well, <laughs> I think it was concurrently happening and sure, I, sure. somebody mentioned it to me later on, like in some social media thing I was doing with her, I didn't realize that um, Black Lives Matter and the Me Too movement were, yeah. were using that. Right, um, right, right. And man, I felt like I was I was embarrassed. I was like, oh my gosh, like I had how ignorant of me, but it was totally it's it was tough, an though. honest it's like how do you
0: know what words are gonna turn into I, something? Yeah, I didn't know. You know. I didn't know.
1: Anyhow, so Awaken Training series had ATS 1.0, which then turned into 2.0, 3.0, 4.0. So oh, I made okay. four series that spanned a full year. And then I stopped and I said, oh, okay, okay, that's it. It's a, it's a year. And we got a lot of people into those four. And then.
0: And, and you, and you always say feel good, but I also get a lot of people that say, they look at the people who have done yours and people, people have like bot complete body transformations too. So would you say like a full year of this where most people seeing like feeling better and looking a lot better?
1: Yeah. The, the tagline is look good, move well. So yeah. We, yeah. we were definitely kind of, like, Hey, this is about body composition change. It's also about moving better. It's about feeling better. You know, if you just prioritize trying to be the fastest and the strongest, you don't optimize your body composition. You don't optimize how you feel. Right. So we are like, well, let's downplay how you're not going to be the best in the world. We're not here to make CrossFit champions. Sure. We're here to make people that are good and look good and feel good along the way. So we did the ATS thing for a year. And then I stopped writing new ones and just let new people come in, new people come in. And then, yeah, maybe at the two-year mark, I decided, okay, I want to refresh these programs. And so I kind of refreshed all of them and re-released them. So it was like a three-year period where ATS was just sort of in its, we were just getting, you know, we're continuing to reach new people because we still hadn't, you know, exhausted our 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 audience and, and our our audience was growing on social media we were getting a lot of new people there our email list was growing so that was that was a couple few years and then after maybe two years there became aspects of the training okay that I really felt like this 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 is this stands apart from you know, the training system itself. This is like a unique subset of functional bodybuilding. And I'm going to write an ebook and make that available to somebody. Oh, okay. So if they want to just like, they want to get functional bodybuilding warmups, they can go buy them right here. If they want to do the functional bodybuilding aerobic progressions, they can get buy it here. Got it. And so we started to, to play around with the concept of releasing ebooks that were not the 12 week, program that, you know, is building you. It was more like, here's a one-off six week or four week or eight week thing you can try, or just like a collection of workouts. And those were, in some cases, those were pretty successful. And they just added like another layer of, uh, you know, kind of like, because the the ATS was only available every 12 weeks, this was a way that, that people could get into our system in an evergreen kind of fashion. So these products were available all the time. So we had the registrations, we had evergreen, we had personal coaching that was still growing. um, and and, and, And then in, I guess it was 2020, late 2019, 2020, we launched a new training program called Functional Body Composition which was an was an ebook format, okay. and this was this was now ATS. I, I considered like my main functional bodybuilding methodology. Functional body composition. This new ebook was kind of my second core methodology, and I and it really was successful. I mean, for a year of, of that ebook. It was extremely successful, especially to cold audience members, people that didn't know who we were really, hadn't seen much of us. They just resonated with this concept of like, oh, it's, it's bodybuilding with functional training. It's this way for me to change my body composition. So that, uh, that became like, it, was, it started to wake me up to this idea that, hey, you know what? Functional bodybuilding is something that people want to connect with. Both from like a CrossFit side of the spectrum and from the bodybuilding side of the spectrum, like they really, there's really a way to use this method and this brand to sort of bridge this gap. And um, and and then the pandemic hit, and it was like, whoa, everything yeah. changed. Gyms are closed. These quarterly ATS things are a total flop. They're not working because people are not. Because most people couldn't do this to... stuff at
0: home, right? Yeah.
1: Yep. We had to pivot. And I was like, I've been, I had been wanting to for quite some time to get out of the, I, I guess it's like kind of turbulent, chaotic, you know, nature of this. Like every quarter we do this big volatile spike of sales. And if it's not successful, then it creates a tremendous amount of stress. And
0: oh, yeah, sure. Makes sense.
1: You know, it was, it was super successful for a period of time until it started to, you know, until we started to exhaust our audience a little bit. And then it was like, oh man, I don't, this feels really hard.
0: Okay. And so the
1: the idea of how do we, gosh, wouldn't it be great if we could just create like a monthly recurring revenue model where we're delivering a service and a product to people that they are just continually in. And we have a little bit more, you know, understanding of what's going to happen with the business month over month. Sure. Yeah. And, uh, like a
0: normal subscription type. Thing. Exactly. Like, okay. Yeah. yeah.
1: And then we got into the pandemic and we basically tried to offer as much value to our customers as we could. We created an online, uh, a free month of minimalist functional bodybuilding training Nice. for your home. Yeah. We got, I think 1200 or 1500 people to sign up for that right wow. away. That's but awesome. That was free. You know, they that weren't, free. Sure. you know, they had to put their credit card in. So after right. a month, they would get billed. But it was like, I don't know how many people are going to stay. And maybe we're going to be out of lockdown by then and people are going to just be able to jump right back into what they were doing before. Right. Um, but as we know, that didn't happen. So that <laughs> yeah. then turned into a subscription model, which, you know, we didn't get all of those people to convert into paying customers, but a decent number did. And then, months go by and that, that grows a little bit. And then some gyms started to open up last fall. So we released the full equipment version of that. Okay. So now it's yeah. like we have this place where people are kind of coming in and that got us a boost in subscriptions. And then a few months later we released the body composition track, you know, of that program. So we have a subscription now that essentially embodies all of the methods that i have really seen over the last 4 years within functional bodybuilding to resonate with the audience so this is subscription is called persist functional bodybuilding persist is our subscription now okay and, and that's uh, like the main we, one that people are that's the main going thing to. that we're doing next to individual coaching Okay. And we also have some ebooks that we still sell. Yeah. So yeah. people can still buy the ebooks. If you don't want to subscribe and you want to just try something out, then the ebooks are available. Um, and that's how we're, that's where the business is at today. Nice. So, and I mean, and you, guys are smart. Our- you
0: pivoted, you pivoted probably quicker than a lot of people did. You know what I mean? I mean, that's a huge change and a huge move. And
1: yeah. You know, yeah. I it think seems, I mean, it's, it's, you're right. It, in the process, it just seemed like, what can we do today that's going to, you know, help, help our give value to our audience, like really make them feel like, Hey, we're here to, to support their continued functional bodybuilding journey. Right. And, um, so none of it, I think the one take home from the whole process is that at no point did we really ever have like, Oh, we're going to do this thing and let's strategize how we're going to make it happen. It was more like, how do we just do something today that's worthwhile yeah,
0: right. <laughs> and make right. it
1: good and then, and then sort of see what sticks.
0: Got it. Yeah. Yeah. That make. I mean, that's awesome. So and you think that persists the subscription model, is that something that you think will stick around for a long time?
1: I mean, at this, I, I'm, I'm hesitant to say anything's going to stick around for a long time. Sure. I sure. know that that's where we're putting a lot of our energy right now. Um, because it is, so far it's proving to be very, um, it's an effective model, and the the people are getting a ton of value from it. And okay. to me, that's just a win win win. It's like it's yeah. working for our business, it's working for the customer, and we have. I literally feel like God, we've we haven't even scratched the surface of how we can continue to deliver. And I always wanted, this is, this is something that's important to me. It's like with ATS, that program was like, it was, I don't want to say it was stagnant, but it, it, it wasn't an evolving thing. It was like, it was a program. I sold it and then we just helped people execute well. And then we sold it again and we sold it again. Right. 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 I didn't have a platform to be evolving in like a, A weekly basis with people
0: yeah to interact
1: in in a in a way like that and that because i'm a coach like i'm i'm a good programmer i hate thinking of myself like that but my programs have worked for a lot of people right and so i and they're just programs like i'm not coaching you here's your program and people are having success so i've had a successful programming career so far
0: yeah right but
1: i also know and i feel deeply that i'm a better coach than i am a programmer If I can interact with you, if we can actually have a conversation and a dialogue, if I have a chance to educate you, if I have a chance to get feedback from you and then help upgrade the programs as a result of it, I'm way better than I am at just writing a program. And so how do I create an uh, environment where I can coach people virtually to the masses? And that was more of like, okay, a subscription model where we have people tuning in every week to get something new we have a heck of a media setup where we can i can actually if i decide today i'm going to the gym and i want to film these three things with you know and i want them to go onto these platforms and i want to create this youtube content i can do it and then that is sent is like just it feeds out to everybody then that to me is like okay We've got a real I got a real chance to go onto the forum, see what questions people are asking, go make a video, distribute it, and use that not only to support our current customers, but then also for marketing to to get people in to say, Hey, look, oh wow, he's teaching all this, you know, all this stuff about kettlebells and kettlebell grips. And oh, he's got great kettlebell stuff on his YouTube. Oh, I want to check out his programs. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So th- this is feeling really
0: aligned. For no, sure. it seems, it seems awesome too. Cause I mean, to your point, I think the evolving, just kind of like the evolving programming ever, you know, trying to get better and better. Uh, yeah. I feel like it's becoming a really popular thing. Like I've done, um, I've done Pat Sherwood's stuff for a little while. Cool. Um, it's kind of similar. I mean, very different, but like, as far as like, it's like every two weeks or something, he's like using the data to try to build stuff going forward. And yeah. then I've tried other ones in the past where it's like a little more, probably like your old awakening stuff where you're, you know, I always, I always ran into the issue of, uh, you know, you pay the money and maybe it worked and then you're like, okay, do I, do I do it again? Is it going to be different? Is it going to be better? Like, you know, I I, I would think from a consumer perspective, like the tough, like each quarter you're making a big decision on whether you want to keep going or switch or whatever, but a subscription, it's like, you know, it's like, it's like constantly evolving. It's constantly changing.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: So for people who, you know, have never done Persist or don't know anything about it, like um, how much does it cost? Where can they, how can they sign up for it? Because I think from this episode, this is a great, great episode around just like what you're doing now. And I think yeah. people are definitely going to want to check, check it out.
1: Yeah. Well, Persist is, um, you know, it's, it's now a two week free trial. So you can go and, and explore the training tracks that we have for two weeks. We've got a minimalist track still, oh awesome. which means... You could. There is body weight variations for the entire week. Um, if you have a couple dumbbells, if you got a jump rope, you know those add to the minimalist track, but they're not essential. Okay. We've got a full equipment training track, which would be most similar to like what we did with awaken training series, and then we've got a body composition track, which is again requires more full equipment scenario, gym scenario. Um, a lot of people doing this at home with a barbell and, and some of the basic stuff that they have. It's a little bit more focused on aesthetics and you know hypertrophy and changing body composition. Um, and it's thirty nine dollars a month to be part of the persist subscription. Um, with our new website that's going to launch here in a couple of weeks, we'll have a nice. you know a three month uh, you know prepay option or a annual you know, prepay option, which is going to get you a discount. It'll nice. make that cheaper, but, okay. um, those aren't available yet and cancel anytime sort of thing. And they can, uh, go to revival strength.com to check out our programs. It's featured on the, on the homepage. So it'd be easy to see. Um, and it's really, you know, uh, one of the things that I know about functional bodybuilding is that it's, it's, it's for everybody. Everybody can do it, but it, it is kind of the program, the persist program, the online programs are a little more geared towards somebody who's got good training, you know, decent amount of training background. They've done, they've done some stuff, especially like the CrossFitter that's done CrossFit before. Yeah. Um, you know, it's not, you're going to come in and there's there's some training concepts that you'll need to. Yeah. Um, you can't just like get off the couch and and probably do this. Yeah. Right. That's something that, I'm going to start to look at in the coming year to two is well, how do we, what does it look like for somebody who's very new to training to get into functional bodybuilding? And what does that, what does that arc look like to get you ready for the persist program? Got it. And I think we have some That's great awesome. principles that could help the, that group of people. It just isn't where we're at today. So, yeah. you know, if you, if you like training, if you've got some background, I mean, we get people that have, you know, done global gym stuff they've yeah. never done functional training and they do great right it's uh it's like it's just a matter of you know you wanting to to learn it and um i think it really resonates with that group it also resonates with the crossfitter um it resonates with the burnt out people that are looking to you know feel better and and definitely if you just want to like get on a, a structured hypertrophy body composition training program to look better um i i got friends from like high school that Never got too into training, but they jumped on my body composition program and they're loving it. And they're just like, this is, this is it. This is what I need. Like, that's awesome. you know, they're, yeah. they're in their thirties, forties working they're like that's, this is get, this gets me everything I, I've wanted.
0: And what would you say is the biggest difference? So that's funny you say that. Cause I've, I've kind of, I've kind of been that person who I've done like the globo gym thing. A lot of my friends have been there, and then the last, honestly, since I joined RX Bar in 2017, I've definitely been trying. I've been doing more CrossFit in general, but I have a garage set up. Um, what what's like the biggest difference between like the Persist and um, the Body Composition tracks? Like, what are they? What's the difference in what they're trying to accomplish?
1: Yeah, the so we call it Persist Classic, and and that's like, you know, I I kind of described it as somebody who looks at fitness and their performance in fitness through the lens of like, you know, some of the old CrossFit, uh, metrics, like they want to get stronger. They want to move faster. They want to do some of the more complicated, complex movements. They like to do the, they like to do Metcons. Like that's what it was designed around. It was like, that was the model that I built post competitive CrossFit where I was like, I just, I want to kind of bring, bring a little bit of bodybuilding into that type of training.
0: Love it. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So the, and the body comp track is really more like what how do we how do we lift weights to change our bodies? Because like, people are assumed that, like, hey, you got to go out and do Metcons till you're, you know, puking your guts out to like get a six pack. Yeah. And I'm like, no, we show people how to like basically do weight training in a very smart way to look better. So, you know, time under tension, tempo sets of weight training, supersets, things like that. Um, So it's, it's more resistance training focused with a smaller component of, of net conning in there. But what, what that looks like for people is like, it's just a bit more simple to follow. It's, you know, more traditional progressions from week to week, overload progressions that work, they work great. And they use more of the movements that people have come to see as common on my, on my page for the last
0: several years. Got it. Okay. Got it. Love it. Well, thanks Marcus. I appreciate it. I think people are going to love this episode and, um, that's I'm excited. Awesome. I'm, I'm, I've definitely going to go check these both out because this sounds exactly what I'm looking for. And I know a lot of the <laughs> awesome. audience that I talk to will say the same thing. So that's, that's awesome. And thanks for all the background. I mean, it's exciting to hear all the different things that you've done. Uh, you've done a lot of different business endeavors and a lot of different ways of, of making money outside of CrossFit. Are you still involved at all with, um, the supplement brand at all? We,
1: su- we, we closed the supplement brand down, um, the beginning of 2020 so okay oh there you go yeah we um my and that's primarily because the other two people that were involved got into other businesses and so we had three owners that all had separate things that we were doing it was like come on too much let's close it down
0: Yeah. yeah yeah love it no that's that's great um the last question, I, I know I asked you this last time, but would love to ask you again. Is there any uh, we chatted last time? Any new sources of knowledge, book, podcast, anything that you'd like to share with the audience that you've you know read or heard lately?
1: Yeah, I, I, this is just
0: the, one of the more recent
1: ones. But do you, have you heard of? Uh, do you know Cal Newport? That that
0: uh, I'm going to see if I can. That pull name up the sounds name. super familiar. I don't think I've yeah. read anything, but I know that name.
1: Yeah, Cal Newport, and the book's name is just a moment, "A World Without Email." Oh, I like this. Definitely go check it out. A world, a world without, without email. email. Um,
0: and the sub, the, are you booking it? Yeah,
1: reimagining work in an age of communication overload. Love it. Super, super quality read.
0: Yeah. Listen. Okay, I'll add that one to the show notes. Very good. Well, Marcus, right, thank man. you so much, man. I appreciate my the time. pleasure.
1: Thank you again for having me. And uh, I love, I love your, uh, I love what you're doing, man.
0: Thanks. I appreciate it, man. I really appreciate that. And uh, I'll make sure all the, you know, all that stuff you mentions in the show notes when it's up and live, I'll let you know. Okay. Awesome, right. man. Marcus we will have a great rest of your day and uh, let's chat soon. Okay. Take care. Shane. Awesome. See you, man.